0: looking the part, smelling the part. It did not take long to look pathetic. I already looked pitiful, far before I ever set foot in Montana. But damn, did we take it to a far-reaching level from the get-go. Shaving became an extreme rarity. Haircuts did not exist. Not until the styles were tinged with cabin fever, at least. The choice of clothing was determined by smell, and not by color coordination. Could I wear this another day? In defense of clothing reuse, I deemed it more as clothing efficiency. We had to take our clothes all the way into town, and once we could no longer park the aloha at the cabin, we had to haul those clothes back and forth a third of a mile through the snow. There was no condoning the omission of showering, though. The task requires minimal effort, and there was even hot water available to us. Showering got so uncommon that I would notate my shower days in my journal. That was devotion to the part, if I must say so. Look the part, act the part, smell the part. Undergarments would still get changed and routine hygiene tasks were performed. We were hermits, but not animals, after all. As time flowed downriver... There came a level of shaming that took place between Andy and me, should we make subtle attempts at restoring our appearances. That included showering. Shower shaming was rampant. In the cabin, if one of us showered, then there would be only one person left to stink everything up, and that was way too much of a burden to put on either. Drifting Beyond the Edge The onsets of cabin fever snowballed. Being in the same place day after day with the same person, the weather turns and suddenly outdoor adventures become infrequent. By the time the tumbleweeds of late October rolled in, the honeymoon of living free was rubbing off. It rained some, it snowed some, the air was becoming frosty. It is an extraordinary thing to get cabin fever. "'Time goes so, so slowly. "'The elements that surround you get more scrutiny than ever humanly conceived, "'more attention than they should, for sure. "'Unique relationships are forged with inanimate things. "'There is joy in the joyless. "'I had once fallen into uncontrollable laughter "'over
1: the inability to control a muscle spasm on my foot. "'Bren and I realize that we've gone completely mad.' The intro to this entry is proof brad farts a lot they don't smell or at least i can't smell them he came up with the idea of buying laughter then i went to write it in here only to add a bunch of other stupid crap earlier today brad was thoroughly amused and laughed aloud as he watched his foot move involuntarily i get a kick out of making violent movements with my head while looking into the mirror calms one six two thousand violent
0: movements looking into the mirror that was absolutely genius, and I was ashamed I did not come up with that. The progression would get worse. October, November, December. What kind of sorcery would the new millennium bring? Mandatory Communication Cease Fire We had to get creative to tolerate the existence of one another, day after day. One such method was forbidding communication between us for an entire 24-hour period, like an old-fashioned Middle East ceasefire, except the phenomenon was not out of any ill sentiment. On the contrary, the truce was more of a scientific and fun-seeking adventure. Hypothesis? Could two people living in a cabin in the woods go a whole day without saying one word to one another? And if so, what tactics would be employed to accomplish it successfully? Quite challenging when real interaction was required, but fun as well.
1: Last night Brad and I decided not to speak to one another today. We didn't. It was difficult at times, but overall rather peaceful. I'm glad we did it. Brad would not have wanted to hear all of my negative thoughts that were alive today. Calms, eleven sixteen
0: ninety nine. 99. To not hear a single human sound all day was incredible. Complete silence is exceedingly undervalued. With more savvy, this truce might have happened more often. Perhaps a reoccurring theme. Instead of Taco Tuesday, it's Talkless Tuesday, Mute Monday, Whisper Wednesdays, Thoughts Only Thursday, Free Speech Friday, Silent Saturday, Sunday Shush Day. As the months flew by, Andy had matured his sleep schedule to avoid me. Or maybe it was the other way around. There would no longer be a need for mandatory speech treaties. When I retired for the night, he woke up. When I rose, he went to bed. Eventually, Andy missed the sun so much that he begged frequently for me to wake him up earlier. I could not summon the willpower to do it. That November War over Foot Travel much like World War I. The war over foot travel has a complicated origin. The sides were picked, the trenches were excavated. Andy wanted to begin running routinely to get himself in better shape, and I thought that he was being ridiculous for doing so, since I enjoyed the slower-paced walk through the woods. We reached a philosophical crossroads over the best method of foot travel, And I had no problem telling him how superior walking
1: was over running. I did it! I got up at 10 a.m. and ran. I got as far as the skeet site before I had to stop. If I had pushed myself any further, I would have surely puked. I bent over to puke, but held it back. Tomorrow I expect the same thing, but soon enough I'll make it all the way up the ski hill. The snow will probably get here first, but then I'll learn to run in the snowshoes. When I got back to the cabin, I went right back to sleep. Should I try to stay awake? I'll sleep when I'm tired. I'll be awake when I'm not tired. I'll run at 10 a.m. Pretty simple. I thought for a long time about what to draw in the background of my profile portrait. Maybe a landscape with two different terrains. It has to relate to me. The black and white serves the purpose, but I sort of want to see more. I'll leave it blank unless something outstanding comes along. I had some fun with my guitar, then continued with the descriptions on the backs of my photographs. I finished one album with one to go. I think Brad thinks I'm a fool for wanting to run. He might think that it is an attempt to be something I'm not. When I had a routine at the gym in Nashville, he would question my reasons for doing it. I think everyone should take the extra step to stay in shape. The reason could be anything. To attract someone to you. To be able to defend yourself. To feel healthy. To achieve goals. To increase self-esteem. To have a positive experience. I don't see anything foolish about any of those things. Brad feels that a man who runs is a man who doesn't have time to walk. That makes sense, but I don't agree. Calms, 11, 8,
0: I cannot explain how deeply amused and gratified I am each time this entry falls before my tearful eyes. His pride in getting up and running served as blood in the water. There was likely some temporary jealousy or perhaps a short-lived notion that there was no need to run while out there. I was hiking every day and felt strong. Sometimes... The world needs a good, robust contrarian to spice up the moment. Once I could see him getting defensive upon my probing and digging his own trench, the line was drawn, and the war had begun.
1: War had been declared. Brad and I talked about the walking versus running thing. He simply prefers walking over running. If he thinks less of me because I choose to run, that's his problem. I definitely don't look down on his walking, To each their own. I like running better because I can feel the change and I can judge the progress, stamina slash distance. Brad says walking 15 miles is way healthier than running 15 miles. Maybe better on the knees, but who's running 15 miles? He could have just as well said that he likes to walk because it fits his lifestyle. My lifestyle consists of sitting most of the day. Why do I let this topic weigh on me? I know that nobody's way is any better than anyone else's. I don't like being looked down on, but it will always exist, so I need to accept it. If I don't accept it, bad things are born. Calms, 11 9, 99 Before I headed out to run today, Brad and I cleared up the walk-run thingy. I told him that I let it get to me that I thought he looked down on my running. He thinks I misunderstood him. To clear it up, he said that walking is like baking and running is like frying, meaning that walking takes longer, but is better for you. This doesn't clear it up at all. It only makes it clear that he thinks running is bad. I mentioned that running fits my lifestyle and walking fits his. He finally admitted that he sees running as a task and we joked about the whole thing. If he knew I was writing about this, he'd think it was silly. To each their own. My legs have ached all day. It's working! Calms, 11, 10, 99.
0: Writing this is almost as fun as it was back then. Almost. He was undoubtedly right. I read of cultures that run everywhere and their bodies are highly efficient as a result, to where they actually run down animals as a style of hunting. What a jerk I was. But it was war, and sometimes there is collateral damage. You have to roll up your sleeves and find pressure points.
1: I got up at 1.30 p.m. as usual, stretched, then ran in the rain, I didn't get as far as last time, but I could have pushed harder. I think it's better to run with a partner. With a partner, I push myself beyond what I think I can take because I don't want to be left behind. That's why I asked Brad to run with me, and that's what led to our misunderstanding. Calms, 11 13,
0: 99 Never before has being so blatantly wrong brought up so much overflowing pride. Sometimes... Attempting to illustrate a state of mind like cabin fever is best
1: left to the examples they cause. Will I run tomorrow? Sure. Then again, maybe not. I don't know. Okay. Nah. No, I will. Maybe.
0: Calms, 11, 18, 99. Slowly
1: the will was shattering. Breaking, but not broken. I crawled under the deck and was very uncomfortable and irritable. I'm known for getting irritable when I'm hungry, and it's nearly... No, it's totally uncontrollable. Brad knows this, and as he was handing me logs, he said, What if we were at a mall, and since you didn't get up until the afternoon, you still hadn't had lunch at 5 p.m., so when you started getting out of hand, I yelled out, Somebody get this man some lunch! Would that be legitimate? Legitimate?! I could ramble about this, but I'll just say that I made some statements defending my sleeping in and my uncontrolled irritability. Brad laughed and said I must have a problem that he was just trying to be funny. I would have laughed if he had just said, what if we were at a mall and you were uncontrollably mad with hunger and I yelled out, somebody get this man some lunch. That's funny. I obviously wish I kept regular sleeping hours. I do. I'm up when I'm awake. I sleep when I'm tired. I already cleared that up. I do wish I was still motivated to run. Oh well, maybe someday. Calms, 12 99 The
0: war had been won. In the early winter of 1999, the papers were notarized in that cabin. Walking was far superior to running. No science to back it. No real territory gained or lost. No battlefields would be commissioned as historical markers. Wars of attrition rarely leave behind gods and generals, though I had successfully thrown in subtle insults about him sleeping in and getting irritable when hungry. He had stopped running, and I certainly had much to do with the withering willpower of cardiovascular enhancement. Though, once the snow resided in 2000, running became my prime source of movement outdoors. I thoroughly loved running through the woods. Of course... I never let Andy in on that, for that may have provoked a second war. Crazy Mountain Man. I was hill hungry. I wanted to get to that hill next to Kick My Ass Peak. Well, by the invention of the walking stick, I made way to the top, and who would greet me? Ravens. What a beautiful day. I watched many ravens in some aerial show that entertained me well. I pushed on and ran. I felt like running out of control. Man, that's some fun stuff. The snow was so soft and man, quality entertainment. Oligher 352000